Mr. Henfrey hurriedly finished his work and left, thoroughly annoyed himself. On his way out, he commented to Mrs. Hall's husband that the stranger was peculiar and probably needed close watching. This aroused Mr. Hall's suspicions, and he resolved to ascertain more about the personality of his guest. That night, after the stranger went upstairs to his bedroom, Mr. Hall went aggressively into the parlor and found a sheet of mathematical computation. Upon retiring with Mrs. Hall, he instructed her to look very closely at the stranger's luggage once it was delivered. Next day, the stranger's remarkable luggage arrived in Mr. Fearenside's cart. There were a couple of trunks, such as a rational man might need, but in addition there were boxes of books, big fat books, some in an incomprehensible handwriting, and a dozen or more crates, boxes, and cases containing objects and glass jars packed in straw. The stranger, muffled in hat, coat, gloves, and wrapper, came out impatiently to supervise the unloading. When he approached the tail of the cart as if to lay hands on the smaller crate, Mr. Fearenside's dog caught sight of him, began to bristle, and then savagely sprang at the stranger's leg, ripping his trousers. The stranger glanced at his torn trouser, turned, and rushed swiftly up the stairs into the inn. "'He was bit!' Mr. Hall exclaimed at Mr. Fearenside. Then, in genuine concern, Mr. Hall trotted after his guest to be of assistance. The stranger's door being ajar, Mr. Hall pushed it open and caught a glimpse of a most singular thing, a seemingly handless arm waving towards him. He was then struck violently in the chest, hurled back, and the door slammed in his face and locked. Mr. Hall went back outside to Mr. Fearenside and found a crowd had gathered in protest over the dog's attack. Suddenly the dog began growling again. From the doorway of the inn came an angry voice. Come along. The sooner you get those things in, the better I'll be pleased. Was you hurt, sir? said Fearenside. I'm rare sorry the dog. Not a bit, said the stranger. Hurry up with those things. Later that day, when Mrs. Hall took dinner to the stranger, he was already so absorbed in his work, pouring little drops out of the bottles into test tubes, that he did not hear her enter. He had removed his glasses, and it seemed to Mrs. Hall that his eye sockets were extraordinarily hollow. When he perceived her there, he put on his spectacles and complained that she should never enter without first knocking. Mrs. Hall protested that she had knocked, and said, You can turn the lock if you like that, you know, any time. A very good idea, said the stranger. For the rest of the afternoon, the stranger worked behind a locked door. When Mrs. Hall heard the smash of bottles flung violently down, and then rapid pacing athwart the room, she ran and put her ear to the door. "'I can't go on!' he was raving. Three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, the huge multitude, cheated. All my life it may take me, fool and liar!' Later, when the room became quiet again, Mrs. Hall took in tea. She saw broken glass and a stain on the floor that had been carelessly wiped up. "'For God's sake, don't worry me,' snapped the stranger when questioned about the glass. "'If there's damage done, put it down in the bill.' Over the coming months, 
there were a number of skirmishes with Mrs. Hall over matters of domestic discipline, but in every case he overrode her by the expedient of extra payment. His habit of talking to himself grew steadily, but though Mrs. Hall listened conscientiously, she could make neither head nor tail of what she heard through the door. He rarely went abroad by daylight, but at twilight he would go out muffled up whether the weather was cold or not. He chose the loneliest paths, and those most overshadowed by trees and banks. His presence and appearance created much speculation, even apprehension, in the quiet Sussex village of Ipping. The village physician, Dr. Cuss, was devoured by curiosity. The bandages excited his professional interest. He used the solicitation of subscription to the nurses' fund as an excuse to call.